You are listening to the Boise Deaf Podcast. Mayor McLean, thanks for joining us again. It's so nice to see you and actually to see you in person. Yeah, we're six feet away, more than six feet away. Which is why if people are listening, my audio is a little funny. It's because we couldn't get the double mics to work. So we'll try and fix that in post, as they like to say. So um, we'll just get into this. In a 2011 interview with the Boise Weekly, I've referenced this before, um, you said that one of the things that kept you up at night was seeing your name on the front page of the newspaper. Oh, you just put knots in my stomach again. Yeah. <laughs> and you're on the front page, I don't know if you've seen it, of the Idaho Press today, um, right next to the word recall. Did you ever think that this is where your career would lead? Um, I never thought to dream that my career would lead me to the opportunities to lead the city to be honest, and especially in a time that's so unprecedented, when as a community, as a city, we have to come together to address the challenges of a pandemic. And that's what I'm here to do. It's been six months, nothing I dreamed or imagined, um, but an incredible opportunity while it's been challenging. What's your message for the folks who are organizing the recall? If you could sit and talk with them, what would you say? Yeah, you know, I don't even know who these folks are. We haven't talked. Um, I do know, however, that the people of Boise elected me to step into this role and lead this city to ensure that we protect what it is we love about this place that's so special. And with that incredible opportunity that brings me joy every day, is the responsibility now to do more, and that is to protect our residents' health, to help steward an economic recovery, and ensure through all of it that we we remain the place that we all love, um, and that we come together as a community um, to create that vision that all of us in Boise have, which is a city for everyone with opportunity for all. So over the next few weeks, it it looks like people will be asked to, to sign a petition. And they're going to have to get a pretty decent number of signatures fairly quickly. If somebody's being asked, will you sign this petition, if you had the opportunity to be there over the shoulder, what would you tell people when, they're, when they get that ask? There's a process our, our country has and our state has, and people are asked from time to time to sign petitions. You have a right to do that. Um, it's public who does. And I know that the people of Boise understand that in these tough times, they need a leader who makes tough decisions, um, regardless of the political consequences, to protect their health. Um, Because at the end of the day, it's how we get back to work and focus on the most important issues that brought me here, that drive me day by day, and that is to address housing affordability, economic opportunity, um, climate innovation that'll prepare us for a more resilient community, and the challenges ahead. So let's talk a little bit about the transition reports. I know you've talked about this with me and with others in the past, um, but in light of this this effort, um, you told me that you felt that the report has been misconstrued, um, particularly the one uh, that is kind of controversial here that's been called the manifesto by, by folks. Um, do you see how someone could see something that has the city's logo on it and kind of the city's look and brand color and is on the city's website and think to themselves, Well, I wonder what of that she supports. First off, the transition is over. We have real challenges that I'm addressing with the community and with my team every day. And when 
thinking about what the change of administration entails, it creates an opportunity for leaders who are comfortable making tough decisions, who have promised to listen to the public, to take it all in. And Boiseans understand that transition reports, that ideas, free, freely thought of ideas by residents um, suggested to me um, are just that, ideas. And if anyone has you know, thoughts about them, I wanna hear them. And we've heard from folks on them. I released all of those reports at the end of the transition so that the community could see um, what their fellow Boiseans um, thought would create a city for everyone. So I was hard to go back, but would you have maybe said, hey, guys, can you stick to things that are within the purview of municipal government? You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, if I could go back, I would probably like attempt to prevent the pandemic yeah. <laughs> that um, is really what needs to be addressed right now. Um, I'd wish that you know I didn't have to talk to my neighbors about protesters that are showing up on our streets, um, and you know try to make sure that all of us um, feel safe, recognizing um, the rights that people have to do that. I'd wish that you know we didn't have to make the tough decisions to close businesses to protect public health. But what I really think about is what's next. And what I really wish for and live for is a community that's not divided by politics, um, that's not divided by you know, someone who's um, seeking to portray a couple ideas from residents that I willfully want to hear from, as I do other ideas as well, to shut out those who don't agree with them, to politicize something to distract us from what's most important right now, and that is rebuilding our economy, protecting our residents' health, and coming together to make sure that what we love about Boise remains and that we recover from this in stronger ways. So the petition names some specific things that are in the transition reports, and they are sex education, pre-K to 12, free contraception, free abortion, uh, making Boise a sanctuary city and what they call anti-Second Amendment. They don't define it any better than that. Are any of those things things that you will be prioritizing as mayor? Boiseans know better and understand what cities can do. They know who I am. Um, they elected me twice, and I hear from residents often how important it is that I've stepped in and prioritized. Um, the things that I talked about before, I'm no different person, um, but with a lens towards recovery. And our budget for 2021 makes clear the values I have and the priorities that I know will make a difference for our residents. And that is affordable housing, new policies, and more money into land so we can see more developments occur that create housing that's affordable for everyone. It's climate innovation because being prepared for a changing world is key to long-term economic prosperity. It's transportation um, to move us from neighborhoods to work. Those are the priorities that brought me to this office in addition to this love for the city, and those are the priorities I still have. So those things they outline in the petition, not, not on your docket and for your you know, time in office. And you know, it's really interesting because um, last week the draft petition talked about masks. and. Um, the folks showing up and practicing their First Amendment rights um, to like, protest and call for my recall are talking about masks. 
our future, our economic recovery is tied to the health of our people. Um, we knew um, going into making some of these tough decisions first um, that there would be energy, <laughs> um, just like we're seeing right now out in Caldwell, um, directed at leaders who are trying to make decisions to protect the health of people. And I am not gonna let um, a distraction make me fearful of making the decisions that I know are in the best interest of our residents, um, but most importantly, um, distract me from walking into this building every day and working on what we've got to work on um, to make sure that we come out of this a better community for it. You brought up your home, and I know that you've had people showing up there on a fairly regular basis. Uh, the Idaho Freedom Foundation actually came out and said, don't do that, go to City Hall. What do you say? Have you engaged with people there? I mean, I know you have a family and obviously neighbors who also have families. What do you say to folks who are showing up in residential areas? Well, what I've said all along is that people have a right to do it. And um, I respect that right to speech and assembly. I am so grateful for my neighbors. It has brought us closer together um, than we've been before. And I did, I've talked with the folks outside my house, said hello, let them know that I'd prefer to spend my Sunday evening with my family um, than out in my yard, but you know, there's a right to protest. Um, I truly appreciate the concern that my neighbors have for my kids and my husband. I wish that you know they didn't have to feel worried about you know what this meant for my um, for the work that I was doing. Um, but mostly, I'm grateful for the right that we have to speak out and assemble, um, and the you know the letters I get in the mail now from residents saying thank you. Like, you made a decision that needed to be made. Um, people have delivered flowers to the office um, and recognizing that they should come to the office rather than my home. And my neighbors have been great, understanding um, the role that I'm in now and the tough decisions we're having to make um, and how important it is that we all come together to just debrief afterwards and enjoy each other. You talk to any of your peers, um, you know, uh, Mayor Simison or Commissioner Lasciando or even the former mayor who obviously have been in the hot seat. You, you talked to them and, and said, boy, how do you how are you handling these things? You know, everybody handles this differently. And I really do appreciate the connection that I have to other elected officials, both here and elsewhere, because we're all under a lot of pressure right now. And people have different experiences in different communities in this region, but all of us at the end of the day are focused on the same thing and support each other in that. So let's talk about police and, and those protests a little bit that happened just a few feet from where we're sitting. There was a very heated clash, fairly uncharacteristic in my almost 40 years in Boise. Um, you issued a statement the next day that the, I think placed some blame on counter-protesters. Uh, the Fraternal Order Police um, then issued a counter statement and contended that the problematic actors were, quote, not limited to people on any one side of the issue. Have you had any dialogue with members of the union or of line officers about the protests? And do you still contend that violence was just limited to a specific set of people? I was there that evening. And as I had on other Tuesdays, stepped out and listened to protesters, that Tuesday was very different. 
It was incredibly disturbing. At the end of the day, there's no room for violence. I've talked with the FOP and the police union and officers who I truly appreciate um, about my take on the situation and um, the importance I felt in making it clear that there's no room for violence, there's no room for racism in our community. What has that dialogue been? I know that the during the election, the, the police and fire unions generally supported your, your opponent, and now there's definitely some conflict between you and at least one of those unions. Um, I feel no conflict. You don't feel conflict. No, we've got a great relationship. Um, they just like I have to have with everybody in um, w- who works for the city, they're employees of the city. They're providing a service, they're focused on keeping our community safe. It's important for me to have a working relationship with them as it is for them with me. Um, and they recognize at the same time that I have a different role. And it's important and necessary that I also hear from others that might disagree with them. But at the end of the day, I respect the service they provide, their professionalism, um, and see them as partners in ensuring that we keep protesters safe as they exercise their right to assemble and to speak. The city is looking at, um, it it seems, I would say from watching meetings, it's it's looking at what it can do around some potential police reforms. Um, You had the ombuds, the what is the title? Uh, the, the Office of Police Office Oversight. Of police Oversight uh, speak at council on Tuesday, and um, the council had some pretty pointed questions. Miss um, Mendoza, I believe is her name, uh, advocated several times maybe to, well, she didn't say it outright, but maybe expand this back to 40 hours. Your, your predecessor, I don't mean to keep bringing uh, the former mayor up, but cut the office in half, essentially, in terms of time, um, and there was no public reporting, no no meaningful public reporting. Are you going to make changes there so that there's more oversight? Um, I appreciate that question. You know, it was important to me that in alignment with the code that was passed when the Office of Police Oversight came to be. And you voted on that, I believe, right? I did. That we have semi-annual reports. And especially at this time when working with a new chief, um, working with members of our police force, as well as the community on um, what we can do better to review the policies we have, to think about transparency, to be responsive to the community, and to really look at transformative justice. It is so important that we... um, on, like recognize the role that office police oversight has. And so that that in my mind was the required sem- semi-annual report, which we will have, and the beginning of a conversation about what it is and we need to have effective oversight in this city. So we're gonna take a turn here. We have a, a, a festival every September called the Spirit of Boise. And um, it kind of has its roots in the River Festival, and it celebrates open space and the blue skies and hot air balloons and people being friendly. As mayor, what are you doing to ensure that that sort of spirit of Boise stays alive in such challenging times? Oh, that's a great question. I thought you were going to ask me about balloons, and I was getting a little nervous. (laughs) I remember those days of the River Festival. Um, The spirit of Boise feeds us all and it is so hard to really pinpoint what that is because this place is so special and it's tied to the 
the foothills, open spaces, the river, the blue skies, as you mentioned, um, but most importantly, the people of this community. We love this place. It's why I'm here. And we keep it alive by remembering that the best communities are those that welcome all, work together to ensure that everyone has opportunity, and ultimately, um, like, it's so hard to say, ultimately, it's the place where people know that the magic is in the effort to protect the place we love and to create um, the future to ensure that those that come after us get to enjoy a little bit of what we've enjoyed too. And you do that by listening to everyone um, as often as you can. And these days it's harder. It's Zoom to Zoom to Zoom. Um, but I'll tell you, I get out daily on the river trails or in the foothills trails. Um, I stop when I can to just chatter with anyone um, just to say hi. I look people in the eyes because we can no longer see smiles um, when we're masked. Um, and as an individual, I keep doing that to remind myself of what we have to make sure that people remember that we still have it, um, but it's done in really different ways. But it, it's that energy and joy that all of us brings to this city, the intentionality we have um, in being here that makes this place so special um, and that will allow us to weather these really tough days, um, sustains us when we're making sacrifices for other people, um, and ultimately will help us create that more resilient place when we can come back together in body um, because we've stayed together in spirit. So I think it speaks to the time in our world that we are in that we're two thirds of the way through here before I'm asking about the global pandemic that's costing a lot of lives. When you came into office, I'm sure that's the last thing you thought you would be tackling when we all gathered shoulder to shoulder in the city council chambers and it was packed and you couldn't move. How would you rate your actions so far as mayor? And is there anything that you're like, boy, I wish I could get that one thing back? The, um, that's a really tough question. The, the one thing back that I wish we could get is I think what everybody wishes we could get, and that is the energy that comes from being in the same room and sharing the same purpose and working together to get there. Um, we have the same purpose, the same commitment to each other, the same focus that will enable us to come out of this crisis stronger, but we lack, and I truly miss, um, the energy that comes from being side by side. But of course I didn't think about a pandemic. I mean, all of us, a pandemic was something that you read about in books that were kind of scary, not something that you ever actually believed, at least for me, and I think for most people in this community that you'd be living through. And so what matters now is not what was, um, but what we do about it, how we respond to it in this moment, recognize, recognize that you know, getting through this challenge will make us stronger. 
Um, and it'll also make clear how important it is, the priorities that we have of being a city for everyone that creates opportunity, has housing, et cetera, is so vital to a vibrant city of the 21st century. So we've got a little potpourri here to end with. Um, oh, is that where you throw things at me? Or I can't remember what potpourri is. <laughs> just a grab bag of topics here. So uh, your economic advisory task force had a couple people look at it and go, why, does, why is there no small business or no entrepreneur on that task force? When you put that together, was Yeah, oh, that's a great question. My thinking on that was I wanted folks that were not going to be worried about what was happening um, with their particular business, their particular sector, et cetera, but instead would come to this and look globally and at, at the kind of opportunities we have, the challenges we have, and ultimately just help us um, create a framework that becomes the long-term recovery plan. And in the creation of that plan is where we will engage small businesses, artists, um, others um, that have, are really important in the long-term recovery of this community. If you had a small business owner who said, hey, I, I hear that, but I would love to be involved, would you entertain that? Um, I've heard lots of those. <laughs> and the problem is once you start opening door, then suddenly you have a Zoom of seven screens and you just can't see people. And so we were intentional in our decision to bring in um, universities, um, national and regional think tanks, and a couple larger businesses that would set the framework and then we're gonna engage any of those small businesses, any of those people that say they wanna be involved, shoot an email to mayor at mclean at cityboise.org and we'll make sure you get on the list of people we connect with. Okay, related to that, we're not really seeing a, a much of a recovery downtown yet. Um, the number of people parking in the garages, which is an easy indicator, is pretty low. Um, and a lot of business owners that I talk to down here are pretty worried a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of tax increment has been spent downtown over the last 30 or 40 years trying to make it the place it, it, at least it was. How are you going to help ensure that that continues going forward and that we recover, especially if lots of businesses say, I can't make it. We had Sage Yoga downtown, which is yeah. very well rated closed. I actually haven't even had that story out yet. Yeah. Um, and there will be others. How do we recover? Yeah, you know, that's the that's the question of the year, is it not? And it's not just the city of Boise um, that can answer that. We have to do it together. And it's a challenge that cities across this country are facing, across the world are facing. I want to say this. The investments we made in the city in the last 20, 30 years, um, many of which I've been here for, have created a really vibrant place that doesn't just belong to residents of the city of Boise, um, but is a beacon for the region and a place that brings people in and is our capital city. It is key and core to our recovery. I'm super honored to be one of 40 mayors selected by the Harvard Bloomberg program to look at U.S. recovery post-COVID. And so joining those 39 other mayors with the Harvard Business School and the Harvard Kennedy School to look at solutions to bring to bear, how to build partnerships, innovative ideas, to make sure that we can do what we need to do to keep to keep this place what it's been, and which is a really great foundation that we have for success. But it's going to take partnerships with all sorts of people. And recognizing, too, that like my husband is still working at home. He works for a tech company. So many people are working at home because right now, you know, as we're trying to juggle keeping people healthy, reopening the economy, um, getting keeping people at work, so many people are doing that from home. 
something that I think so many of these groups have in common. Black Lives Matter, um, the the folks who are who are advocating for the police, Idaho Freedom Foundation, and, and so many others. You wouldn't put those all in the same bucket, but they all right now are trying to have a voice in government. You campaigned on listening. When you hear all those different voices, what rises to the top, and what do you take from that? I take from it that Boiseans love their city, that Idahoans, because some of those are not from Boise, love their state. And it's that commitment to place and passion to be involved that is key in navigating what's ahead and will be very helpful with an engaged group of citizens as we recover and come up with the policies we need to address the some of the really tough issues we've been called upon to 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 acknowledge and address in the last six months. So I'll tell you, I struggled a little bit when I wrote these questions out. I always try and end on um, a light note. And I think when we uh, taped together in January, I asked you about your favorite coffee shop. And that doesn't really make sense for the moment. Um, so I came up with this. What advice would you give to a young member of our community who wants to get into politics someday? Do it. Okay. Thought you might have some more there, no, so I gave you time. No, give me some time. Um, there is nothing more important. And times like this, in the good times, to have people step up and to not be fearful of what that looks like but instead to be guided by their values and the passion they have for their community. And ultimately, it's, it's what makes our place and our country so great, is we need citizens who are committed, that are willing to step out, be true to their values, hear from others, and then make the tough calls that have to be made to guide our communities forward. It's incredibly gratifying, and I'd encourage anyone to do it. Politicians don't like to look backwards, but everything being the same, would you do it again? Yes. Yeah. You know, Dr. Trump and I were talking one day about how tough these times are, how there's no rule book or guidebook or playbook for um, anyone, whether it be, you know, the person that's trying to figure out how to make ends meet when her job has been closed for six weeks and she's still waiting for her unemployment checks or you know, people that reach out to me and say, we just don't, you know, know what's next for our businesses or for people that are, you know, guiding the ships at large universities, small colleges here at the city. Um, that as challenging as it is, what an, an incredible honor it is to be trusted by the residents of Boise, to be in this office at this time when more than ever we need people um, that care about our community and are willing to make tough calls um, and guided by values and their vision um, for the communities or the businesses that they lead. Boise Mayor Lauren McLean, thanks for your time. Thank you.